I really wish I believed that, like, I wish I could get back the belief that someone who does wrong on earth burns in hell. Like, I really kind of want that belief right now. Like, amazing. That, that was a comfort. <laughs> like, I would really be comforted by that at this moment. That, like, somehow Ooh. you're going to get yours for all of this. Yeah. Hell, where art thou? Exactly. Like, there, there you go. Show title. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Welcome to episode 283 of Pup Theology Live, a weekly conversation on life and faith over a craft brewed pint, a fine wine, or whatever happens to be in your glass. On today's episode, the Reverends Shannon Weston, Ogan Holder, and yours truly, Brian Burkoff, address and engage what's happening through a theological lens with a good brew in hand. And that good brew might be in your very own Pub Theology Life pint glass, which you can get while supplies last, when you become a patron. Head over to Patreon. Lost Ogan. Patreon.com slash PT Live. <laughs> exactly. Thank you to our current patrons. Uh, exactly. So we're going to be at Wild Goose, the Wild Goose Festival this year again. It is July 11th through 14th at Van Hoyd Farms in Union Grove, North Carolina. We'll be at the Goosecast tent. I don't know what day yet, but as soon as I do, I'll let you know. You can use code A-SW24 and you'll get $50 off the price of an adult weekend ticket. So sign up for the Wild Goose and we will see you there. Today we're discussing life plans, Christian nationalism, and complaining. We know how to do that. Oh, Ogan has to come back for complaining. It's his favorite thing to do. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> seriously. So, Brian, what are you drinking today? Well, I am working through my stash from Upper Hand Brewing, and there's one sugar bush left, the maple <laughs> lager, which is quite tasty, and it's a lighter ABV, I believe, if I can find it. Um, Did you do sugar bush last week, or was it a different one? It was now it was five point two percent. I did it uh, two weeks ago, uh, the day before Valentine's. Got it. I did remember the name. <laughs> yes. So you you're correct. I brought it back, but you brought it back. Thing. Circle it up. And Shannon, what are you or aren't you drinking? Um, I am drinking some decaffeinated iced tea because it's a no fun day for me. Um, which I had brew in a pitcher because I drink it. I all day long because i don't like water <laughs> so i drink tea it's an um, all business that's, day that's the decaf yeah so i would love a beer but i am going to work out right after this like right after it and i am choosing wisely i think choosing to stay alive and not regret things <laughs> so yeah it's a hip-hop dance class where i'm doing a lot and i don't think a beer would be a good idea yeah so, Ogan, what are you drinking? Um, I'm drinking, um, we call it a carabeno, basically. Mm-hmm. Coconut water, rum. Carabeno. Coconut water, rum, and a mm-hmm. special lime. And today's rum of choice is another uh, Barbados favorite. It's called Old Brigand. Ooh, Old Brigand. Yes. I like it. Made made right here Boy. in Barbados. Look at that brigand. It's got like a Where's Waldo hat yeah. and an eye patch. There you go. Nice. I like it. I like it. So is this, I mean, because Mount Gay is your go-to. Yes, it is. But is this also one that you recommend? Yes. There's no bad rum in Barbados. Um, but the reason <laughs> reason I have this is because um, um, when, when my partner was visiting with me last week and we went to buy a big bottle of Mount Gay, they were sold out of big bottles of Mount Gay. So we got a one liter bottle of... Um, Old Brigand, like I think. Did you say got... you got that one week ago? Look at how full that bottle isn't. 
for a week? No, no, I got I got this Thursday. I got this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Brian, that's like five days. We got, we got this Thursday. Not a whole week. And these are the these are, these are the last, okay, last I drinks. Have, I have listen, let's all be honest. We have all knocked one of those bottles out with another person in a night. Right. So like let's not pretend that, <laughs> <Yeah>. you know. <laughs> I don't know why he's giving me a hard time. Uh no, also. I don't drink a lot of rum, so my brain like thinks mm. of that as a bottle of scotch, and I would not, even with a friend, probably go through that much scotch that quickly. I don't know. No, but but the rums, the rums, okay. the rums good. <laughs> yeah. By the, the way, yes, I, I won't incriminate not, myself anymore. <laughs> I'm not in the Caribbean, but it is 70 degrees in Michigan oh. today in February, the first time in recorded modern history. And tomorrow it's supposed to snow. Yeah. Yay, climate change. Yay, climate change. Yeah, we had a nice day yesterday. It was like 60. And all day, Derek's been like, it wasn't real. It wasn't real. <laughs> it's not actually warm. It's not time to garden. Right, like he's right. had to like, you know. Yeah. Redo. Although you do look like you have like a sun shirt on, like a uh, like you're oh, yeah, gone yeah, swimming yeah, yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, no, well, you whipped you know. out the like disc golf pro tour. Jeez, oh, <laughs> you know, he's in the yeah. mood. Of course, you got you got to dress for the season. <laughs> right, the sun protection again, again. <laughs> not the season though. It's not a season no, yet. You just had this, the one day. This is this is May weather, and it is still February. It's insane. <sighs> yeah, no, it's we're not okay, friends. We are not okay. No, no we're not. Yeah. Not okay. <laughs> On to today's topics. So, uh, another binary question to begin the day. <laughs> Are you more of a create a life plan sort of person or a one day at a time sort of person? And has this shifted at any point for you? It was definitely more create a plan when I was actively parented and was responsible for the life and welfare of another human being. But now it is one day at a time. Sometimes it's like one day every few times, like <laughs> one, one, one day at a week. Like how do you, like one day at a time implies like every day wake up and you know, Hey, what's going on today? Create a plan for the day. And I do that yeah. less than every day. So it's like maybe so now, two days a week. Yeah. Now it's one bottle of rum at a time. There you go. Exactly. Old Brigand, it's your favorite old, Barbados one rum. Brigand. It's one old Brigand at a time. <laughs> you know, I'm going to drink next week. Next week, uh, I say this as if I could bring it in for you all to try, which you can't, but I'll introduce you all to Falernum next week. Are you familiar with Falernum? No. Oh, nah. no. Did the Dutch bring it? Because it sounds like a Dutch name. <laughs> Probably. Probably, probably got a Dutch to thank for a lot of atrocities in the Caribbean. Um, yeah, but it's it is it is a rum product, but it's it's a very sweet, almost mm. like sipping sort of thing. And generally, you actually mix it with rum to kind of kind of smoothen down the rum a little bit and pick up the falernum a little bit. We may or may not have oh, drinking God. issues in Barbados. I'll just like to say. I think. The Flurnum, it sounds like the, the Flurkin from Marvel movies, which you all don't watch, but that's what it sounds like. That's I'm envisioning a uh, I, crazy monster I, I do watch, a, in the form of a cat. I do watch all the Marvel movies. And yes, oh, okay. the Flurkin, the Flurkin was a was a whole thing. Oh yeah. man. No. Falernum? I, don't mind if I do. Falernum, yeah. <laughs> wow. I hardly knew him. Anyway, so <laughs> exactly. I, so I want a plan. That plan may be for the day. <laughs> that plan may be for the hour. That plan may be for my life, <laughs> but I am definitely on the plan, on team plan. Team plan. And here's the key to being team plan and still function as a human being. We don't, the plan doesn't have to go accordingly, but I just need one. I just feel better. When I have a plan, that's you, all. You're open to dynamic steering as the plan unfolds. Yes. Like I just, I think for me, it comes down to like plans mean that I've communicated with like the other people around me and 
I've been able to kind of ask myself about expectations and what do I want and how do I want it to go? But like, it doesn't have, I've, I've had many great surprises in my life, but I do like, I do like a plan. What would you, Brian? Well, I kind of like you, Ogan, I think earlier in life was sort of like life planning mode. Like, okay, I'm going to figure out a career. I'm going to maybe get married, maybe settle down. And then, you know, once you kind of have all those things in line, it's like, okay, how do I get to next week? Or how do I get through today's agenda and meetings and schedules? Or how do I get through Lent? Or, you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm less, like, I don't have the, the like, 40s through death planned out. <laughs> I don't know, like it. And I, and I wonder if part of it is like, the older you get, the more like I can't do and be all the things anymore. I'm kind of in a lane. I don't mind my lane. It's a good lane for now, and uh, we're gonna just ride this. And no, uh, I I I think the older you get, the more you realize that plans ain't worth it. Like you oh, you, you you make the, you make the plans, and life is gonna do what life's gonna do. <laughs> you can't plan for all the eventualities, and you plan yes. also part of the planning, especially when we talk about life plans and goal career goals and all the things a lot of those plans are like cultural internalizations right so the whole thing about yes you're an adult when you you buy a house or you get married or you have kids like all these benchmarks that we say we want but actually might just be influence of culture or other things that we've internalized and then we get those things and shocker, we may not be entirely fulfilled because they may or may not have been things we wanted in the first place. So mm -hmm. like, you know, I did, I did all the things. I had a career, bought the house in the suburbs, had the child. Uh, you know, I at one point, one of those houses literally had a white picket fence <laughs> and I did all the things and never felt as happy and fulfilled as I do now. Coincidentally, from a from a money standpoint, this is the poorest I've ever been, but still the happiest I've ever been because in the past it it part of it was that you know that um, constant um, you know grind for for money and income and getting more, getting promoted, doing more things. A lot of and that's kind. It, it took me a while to figure out that's not really who I am. And I didn't really get to that till I don't know mid forties, and now it's like, oh, I I kind of like my cobbled together a hodgepodge nomadic life. Um, so so that's that's part of it, I think. I do think that's part of the like right the that midlife awakening though is is where you step back and you say, all right, the checklist is done, and then you you know you have a decision to make. Am I gonna? respond almost i hate to say negatively but right this is where that term midlife crisis comes in where i'm going to blow it all up mm -hmm. and hurt people in the process kind of thing mm -hmm. or am i going to be able to say oh i was in this i mean everything in our world sets us up to be these high achiever checklist kind of right like just the way school is sets us up to do that like the goal is to get through the end of the year. The goal is to graduate. Then the goal is to go to college. And then you need to find a job. And then you need yeah. to find a spouse. And Internship, then you, to, you know. Job, yeah. Absolutely, right? So it just, it's set up that way. And everything is geared towards that. And then we get to that point where we're like, like Ogan said, I got to the point where I was like, bought the house. And then I went, there's nothing left on my list. Like, I had the career, I had the kids, I had the spouse, I had the house, like what now? And that's where I try to leave this. Like I do take one day, like this very mindful, like I'm present here in this day, but what planning also allows me, and I don't mean again, like right plan and God laughs kind of thing, but like for me, that quote unquote plan, even though I use that language is like, what do, what do I want out of life or so it's my plans allow me to make the space to do the things I want to do. 
here's still what I have to do work-wise, but I want to see my friends. So what do I have to do to make sure I have space and time to do that? For sure. Um, and you just made like a real shift that took intentionality, took planning, took a yep. look at, like you could have just kept like, okay, council meetings, church, blah, 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 yep. church calendar ad infinitum. But you came up for air, looked at the bigger thing and said, I need to, I need to want to shift and then mm -hmm. made that happen. Like that doesn't happen by accident. Well, and years before said, I am looking for an exit ramp right. from this thing. And I, I know I want to go from this highway over to this highway. So I'm, I'm looking for the opportunities and I'm speaking that out into the world. I'm right? almost out and of gas, I'm but I know the exit ramp is just ahead. <laughs> Exactly. No, that's exactly right. You know, um, and I'm going to stop and I'm going to refuel and then I'm going to go get on that other thing. Yeah. You know, so that's just what it does for me. But I, I think it's yeah, it's the rigidity that I reject, I guess, in it. Ooh, yeah. You know? Good. Good. And as someone who also made that shift without a plan in hindsight, <laughs> plans, a little, a little plan, it might be better. Little, 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 yeah. you know, little, just saying, just saying no regrets, but have, a little planning. Might have been good. No I have a business plan if anybody wants to see it. You know. <laughs> Doesn't have to go perfectly, but yeah. it helps me achieve my goals. You know? There, there, there you go. Um, and the thing you I, I will say, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, and the, so you mentioned the thing just now about when you've checked the things off the list, what now? But again, I want to go back to I didn't enjoy some of the things on the list, right? I <laughs> I hated home ownership. I ain't gonna lie to you. Yeah. Right. I hated I hated like the just the constant like, oh, my God, because uh, at one point when we owned the house, only one of us had a job and we were barely making the mortgage payments. So it's like, oh, my right. God, are we going to lose the house? What's that going to mean? Yada, yada, yada. House always constantly needed something done to it, like repairs. And all this. it was just like it never ended at no point living in a house that I own. Was there ever a point where there wasn't something about the house and it wasn't like we bought like a rundown fixer upper we no but all houses are a all. bit needy yes oh for sure and even exactly. new houses right exactly. like the construction isn't whatever but i do i i use this during ordination which is like the who it's almost like the hoops i was jumping through right mm -hmm. and just having to part of what again this is where my mode is switched to of like Part of the monotony of that or the struggle through that is like, does this get me to my larger goal? Right. Because if that, you know, and that's where I sit now of going, yeah, as I get older, I plan less because I, life, I don't, life isn't as predictable. I'm not, I understand that I'm not as in control, but I do plan in a way that says, you know, when the kids are out of the house and we do get to sell our suburban house. And blah, blah, blah. Where do I want to go? And what do I need to be doing now in order to make that life happen? Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, that's that's just part of how I function. That's not how part everybody functions. Some people sell the house and run away to the, you know, what is that? Like they buy the RV and just pack up their kids when they're in elementary school and go live life that way. Hey, do your thing, man. Like, I'm not here to judge that. Right. right. Like- yeah. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. All right. Philippians 2, 14 to 16. This is a letter from Paul in the New Testament. It says, do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. So as I read this, I'm thinking about the, the work that the phrase so that is doing in the text. He says, do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God, etc. So it almost sounds like Paul is saying that not complaining is what will allow people to become children of God, which doesn't seem like good theology. It's not consistent with his own theology. So how am I misreading this? Was he having a bad day and people were grumbling and arguing, complaining. And he's like, you know what? Shut up and things will be better. He was getting too many, too many complaints and too many letters. I feel that's what it was. So, so like, yeah. you know, one of the, one of the run-in 
one of the run-in theories behind the epistles is that he goes around, starts up all, all these churches, they run into issues, and he's writing letters to address their issues. So yeah. I think he got to the point where he's like, you know what? Enough, enough with the griping and the complaining to me. Like, you know, handle this yourselves. Or, or he wanted to say this. He wanted to say, like, please, I don't want to hear it. But I think mm -hmm. instead, and I think a master stroke of genius, he said, don't complain. And therefore, you know, you'll find favor in God's eyes. And that might yeah. shut them up. Right. He is he saying too much though? Like, is that spiritual uh abuse of a sort? Like Yes. Like, I mean, absolutely. And like Well, how many of us we've have all sad? Yeah. How many of us we've all been in churches where we have absolutely wanted to pull this out and be like, shut up. Right. <laughs> um, you know, it's interesting to me, like I I think about um, that phrase, like only complain to somebody who can do something about it, you know, mm -hmm. and when is it gossip and when is it like mm -hmm. I need to make a complaint, right? I have a legitimate concern. Or um, or when is it just venting when you just getting some shit off exactly. your chest? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because a, a thousand percent. Yeah. Let's get into that because a follow up question is is not complaining a sign of spiritual maturity like if someone never complains is it because they're so uh mature or pious or is there are there other issues that they're covering up by not being honest frankly i think that's bullshit <laughs> <laughs> oh actually i'll say this when somebody is so i mean we we all know people that are genuinely pure of heart and just see the best in other people and we love them and like, I don't necessarily fully trust people who can't name an injustice for, especially when it's in fear of conflict. Like, Same. I, I, I'm like, I don't know if I can trust you because I don't know that you'll have my back with something legitimate, you know, if there's a legitimate issue that comes up. Yeah. And I guess in my mind, like pointing out an injustice or a legit like thing that's wrong to me feels like a level above com like complaining like complaining Maybe. to me sounds like like when i hear that i i, I identify that with i'm just kind of whining you know things aren't everything isn't exactly how, you know this beer could have been a little better or could we have just you know made the room a little more this way like to me that's complaining whereas yeah. if there's something that's really impacting someone negatively and is unjust you should be pointing that out well, but I right. get the word mm -hmm. language is tricky. Well, yeah. I mean, let's look at complainer in chief Moses, right? Moses. <laughs> Moses every other day was basically saying to God, I had it with these people. Like, I'm I'm done. I'm right. out. Right. And and probably legitimately. Legitimately. <laughs> yeah, even, right. Right. even 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 before the liberation, right? He's like, I'm not a good speaker. Right. I'm not, I'm not, you know, there was it was just on and on and on. Right. And yeah. And, you know, God kind of stuck with Moses. So so I mean, it was so bad that they were like, I mean, it like they complained so badly that they were like, you know, Egypt wasn't that bad. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. And he's like, what? The people complained. Like, Moses complained. It was like a, you know, complaint, the complaint <laughs> desert tour. Uh, and, and then at one point. God takes him up and says, I'm going to kill everyone and I'll start over with you, Moses. And then Moses is like, well, yeah. I didn't, whoa, 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 whoa. It wasn't quite that bad. Yeah, let's not get let's not get crazy here. Uh, but Moses was like, uh -huh. never mind. I won't say it. No, yeah, yeah. I think you should. Um, I, I, I think complaining to your point is, uh, Shannon, when you said about the um, don't complain unless either that person you're complaining to can make a change or you want to be part of the change yourself. I think there is something to that, but I think there also has to be, again, that space to vent and. Yes. To... Oh, 
um you know absolutely and and we like we do our fair share on this podcast where we vent about stuff <laughs> and a lot of times what brian you don't think that's true we do no and it is time, true i'm like here i am I'm hoping no one no one i know is listening <laughs> <laughs> I know I think about that too. And, <laughs> but. and most of the time it's because there are things beyond our control and we feel right. better by by not holding it in. So I don't think not complaining is a sign of spiritual maturity. I think on some level right. it's it can be a form of spiritual bypassing, um, especially right. when it comes to the pointing out articulating injustices or writing a wrong. But also just being whiny because you don't get your own way is mm -hmm. like that's just no maturity at all whether it's spiritual whether it's you know just adult right. maturity um and i think most of us can can tell like when, where someone is on that scale of oh no this this is legit this needs to be addressed you know and and sort of in our society we want to call someone either like a Karen because they're just let me talk to a manager which is and sometimes that's legit but other times no someone did need to speak up because real harm is being done so, and that assessment those are not the same person or that's not the same moment and all of us can be both at times yes and have been frankly so so when when Jesus was in the garden of Gethsemane and he was like hey dad like can can you take this cup from me like i don't i don't right. i don't know i want to do no. this was that right. a, i don't want to do was this. that a complaint yeah. was that a was that a, a fair base like just fair request like a true human moment a little bit of all of the above like there was there was kind of a, a there was kind of an essence of like you know if you really want me to do this but i kind of don't want to did that count as I a don't complaint? see that. I mean, to me, that that is a um, first off, you're talking to the the one that can do something about it. <laughs> so like there's that kudos <laughs> and two, but two there for me, that is a that is a pastoral care moment. Right. That is a a, a moment of um, compassion and, you know, I'm afraid, which, again, I think I think some of this some people that complain basically incessantly like it might be coming out of a fear you know mm -hmm. um i had an email exchange earlier that was hey this is one aspect of an issue a larger issue and um it kept being met with a here here's my laundry list of complaints you know right and it was just one of those that i'm i'm watching this unfold going it's not really like i'm copied on these emails but it's not really mine to interject into um except to right start to watch this like everything's unraveling it's being so unproductive to step in to say here's what i'm seeing you know here's what i'm observing this seems like the solution we're leaning towards. So let's, I mean, but I'm a mediator type person, right? So I'm mm -hmm. constantly trying to find the middle ground. Um, Paul is not doing that in this text. No. He is just being like, <laughs> um, you are, you shall be highly favored with God if you just stop annoying me. Like, I really think that's what's happening. <laughs> yeah. And this is, notice this happens in letter form. Like, can you imagine any of us leading off a service with do everything without grumbling or arguing so that. Well, can you imagine if I responded to these email threads with like, quit your bitching. God does not like a complainer. Yeah. And you're going to go to hell if you don't stop. Yes. This is like that email <laughs> you shouldn't have sent, but he sent it. <laughs> right. Exactly. And again, Let's just reiterate, these were never meant for public consumption. And now right. we read this and we say, the word of the Lord. Thanks the be word to God. Thanks of the be Lord. To God. Thanks be to God. <laughs> <laughs> like this is that moment where you just said something to your kid because they got literally on your last nerve. Yes. And then you immediately are like, shit, I shouldn't have said that. And like, now it's out there forever. Yeah. Can't be unsaid. Yeah. 
<laughs> That's what I feel like this movie I think, is. I think. But I, I also I think, feel like he did the compliment sandwich. If you read all of Philippians, he and, like very much did the compliment sandwich. And now it's in the lectionary, so it can be said every three years. There you oh, go. Oh, goody. Yay. <laughs> I, think, I think Paul launched into starting churches without a plan. And oh, there you go. Yes. He was just one day in at a time. He was just one day in it, one trip in it at a time. And it was like, <laughs> I'll work out. And not so much. I... And then I'll send Timothy to clean up the mess. That's pretty much how Paul works. <laughs> yeah. 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 Shut yeah. up or I'm sending Timothy. Shut yeah. up or Timothy will be on your doorstep. There, and there you, and you don't want to mess with me. Just wait till you see Timothy. Yeah. And this is what he pulled out when he was on the boat with Barnabas. He's like, do everything, Barnabas, without grumbling or arguing. <laughs> and Barnabas was like, I'll see myself out. Right. There you go. Thank you very much. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, someone who was a big fan of the Apostle Paul, Martin Luther, famously had his 95 theses, sort of points of contention or clarification with the Church of the Time and current theology. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And was, he, was, was he complaining? Was Martin Luther complaining? Hey, hey. hey. Some bones to pick, some complaints, <laughs> some let me talk to the manager. Maybe Martin Luther should have just kept it to himself, huh? So basically, we just need a caller complaints, theses, and all of a sudden, bam, we're good. Can we just call them what they are and call them theses? <laughs> wow. Wow. Shots fired. Whoa. Uh, all respect to, Not our the Luther to our Lutheran listeners. <laughs> no, listen. No, no, no. I actually didn't have any problem with the 95 uh, theses. No, no, of course not. No. Um, of course not. Martin okay. Luther himself was a little off his rocker, but we can have that discussion another time. There you go. Fair, fair. So this is number one on that list of 95 things that he posted to the church door. It said this, when our Lord and Master Jesus Christ said repent, he willed the entire life of believers to be one of repentance. That's it. That's all it said. That our lives should be ones of repentance. So Let's discuss this idea of repentance. What do we think? And he sort of references Matthew 4.17 there. And Jesus famously said, repent, the kingdom of God is at hand, etc. Um, how much do you think Martin Luther's tuning into Jesus' idea of repentance? So what did Jesus mean when he said it? And what did Martin Luther mean when he's now saying it 1,500 years later? So, so there's a theory that Jesus was more of an apocalyptic preacher who might have believed that the end times were at hand like that's that's one that's one theory of jesus's messaging um if if you view it from that angle i think the idea um is because he says um oh i just i just pulled up the text there oh um he he'd heard that john had been arrested and um right. He, you know, he left Nazareth's, went went to Capernaum, and you know, again, we're writing this after the fact, and whoever whoever wrote this gospel made that made that fit an earlier prophecy from from Isaiah, um, and he began preaching, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. So, so if we if we approaching it from that point of view of end times might be approaching, as many people of that time. Um, thought repentance was basically about like get yourselves right people you're running out of time mm. i don't i don't know that that's it doesn't sound like that's what martin luther is is saying to me i think it sounds like he's just saying be in this constant state of surrender surrendering your life to to the will of god surrendering your life to mm to the commandments of Jesus, like always, yeah. always be in that state um, because that's what, that's what makes a quote unquote, good believer, a good, a good Christian. Um, yeah. So, so I, I don't, I don't know that that's what Jesus was trying to express in those moments uh, when he said it. Um, and again, I think it's one of those things where, yeah, Martin Luther was saying like, I'm not seeing a lot of that from the Catholic church of, people live in right um as sur truly surrendering their life to god because corruption because you know read the other 94 theses 
theses, 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 whatever. Um, and Thessalonians. There you go. <laughs> so, so I, I think he was kind of using this as a framework for calling out the church. For sure. For sure. He's setting it up, right? He, he's sort of exactly. setting up like there's going to be a lot of repentant need to happen after you exactly. read the next night. Exactly. So, so <laughs> that's, so I think, you know, also to go back to that, uh, you know, Paul saying, you know, you'll seek, you'll find favor in God's eyes if you stop complaining. I think we, we, we just got these guys writing stuff for their own agenda right. moment, po positive or negative, their own agenda. This is, this is what they're doing and using scripture. I mean, and, and we've all, we've all to some extent done it. Sure. Right. Cause oh. yeah, what? The, the three of us will read the Bible and come up with very social justice, positive oriented messages and somebody else will read the Bible. Sure. And it's like, takes us back to the time where women were chattel and yeah, you know, stuff like that. So. Right. Right. I mean, where I, what I really, what I've struggled with. Right. So when you grow up as conservative, conservative christian in the way that I'll, I'll just say like we have but in general and, and especially because you know we were 80s and 90s evangelical christians so it was like you know really right the end times were coming mm -hmm. <laughs> thank you left behind and whatnot um but i also like living through the last let's say 10 years um i understand the impulse to overemphasize the need for repentance. Like I really, I mean, this is, I've said this on the show before, but like there was shortly during Trump's president, the early parts of 2017, 2016, 2017, where I just went, I really wish I believed that, like, I wish I could get back the belief that someone who does wrong on earth burns in hell. Like, I really kind of want that belief right now. Like, amazing. That, that was a comfort. <laughs> like, I would really be comforted by that at this moment. That, like, somehow Ooh. you're going to get yours for all of this. Yeah. Hell, where art thou? Exactly. Like, there, there you go. The show title. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. Fantastic. But I think that's part of it, right? He's watching, he has so much hope and so much um, respect for what the church could be and and what they could be in it of this, this institution that he is part of, that I think he's starting with this place that says we have to do better and mm -hmm. we have to focus on, there is hope in this and we have to focus on, isn't, is repentance the one that means to literally to turn? Yeah. Like to- yes you know so we have to we have to turn that and and as good followers of Christ that is what we are called to do yeah and it's one of those terms that fits in any context where humans are being bad humans right and so yeah. in Jesus day it's we're forgetting you know um some of the core things about loving our neighbor and about uh, leaning on God for freedom and not collaborating with Rome and not sort of getting, you know, um, a dollar the quickest way we can. Um, and in Martin Luther's day, as, as Ogan noted, and you both noted, the church is straying from true spirituality. And now it's abusing people saying, you got to pay money to be, to experience forgiveness. You got to pay money right. for people who've died. So their holes, their holes, their souls, can be sprung. God. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Just... Wow. I, was... I'm I'm the one drinking the rum. Just like that to was, point that out. That was I'm the one. The, <laughs> that was the sugar bush talking. That was the sugar bush. Oh talking. God. Speaking of their holes. You, you made it worse. You made it worse, man. It's not, you made, it's not you, better. You made it worse. <laughs> Do better, Brian. Do better. <laughs> We're just parking that in every episode. That the church was saying you have to pay money so that souls could be, you know, free yeah. from purgatory, etc. And so he was called. So, yeah, repent is that word. And I think for us, it's a word that we might cringe a little at, or it feels a little old fashioned because we know it's been abused and that it's been sort of misused. But as Shannon noted, the core of it is 
turn a direction in your life. And mm-hmm. all of us who are humans have had moments where we needed to do just that. Mm-hmm. Or even like, I mean, and not to over, you know, um, simplify this word, but like, even we talk a lot about like, we need to shift our way of thinking or we need to shift, you know, a new, find a new way to do this. Like yeah. that is all part of this idea of repentance, yeah. you know, um, I, repentance holds a little more weight of, to me, of, um, I, I, I think it's mixed in terms of like, we need to not part of what this actually, the opening it up as much as like, I struggle with like, he will the entire life of believers to be of, to be one of repentance there is this element of we need to be able to admit what we've done wrong. And we need to also in, in just people of faith, forgive when it's our time to forgive. Right. So we need to ask forgiveness. We need to forgive. And so I really don't, I don't disagree with the statement. It's just language that is hard for me, but I can yeah. get past it. Yeah. You and, know? and I think we need to be able to receive forgiveness and not feel like we're perpetually in a place where someone's saying to us, repent, repent, you terrible, you know, you grumbler, complainer, (laughs) use Paul's language, you know, like to realize this baseline of divine love and acceptance is actually underneath it all. And because of that, wow, you could live into a better way of being human, not for performance, not because now you'll earn God's love because that love is already there. And I'm not part of a, I don't think either of yours are either. Like, I'm not part of a tradition that requires public repentance for individual sin kind of thing. Um, People don't have to wear sackcloth and everyone else feels feels shame, shame. Now, occasionally, I mean, occasionally we do ask people to do that. Like, and I really feel very uncomfortable. I mean, not not walk through the streets (laughs) naked where we yell shame <laughs> no, you know, no i got, have, I got like... that <laughs> but, but, no i didn't i didn't think that's what you were doing but so what but, what what part of that whole thing you just described is the occasional thing you do yeah exactly <laughs> so i mean very occasionally our presbytery which is a grouping of churches uh, the higher governing body yeah will like part of the requirement is that they come before and um, you know, rep- and like give a statement, like a confessional of, sort of deal, like a confessional gotcha, kind yeah. of thing. And it's not part of our, it's not part of our religion. So I'm always like, why is this? Like, it feels like this is for the wrong reason. Do they have to wear, now, do they have to wear sackcloth while no. they're doing it? Cause <laughs> no, no, no. That'd be interesting. It's, I mean, again, it's done mm. in like a transparency kind of thing, but but so for instance, I, we had a church near us. It's a more conservative church mm-hmm. and the pastor was getting divorced. And, and as far as I know, there was not any wrongdoing, but that church like was like, you need to stand up in front of the church and tell them what's going on. And I was like, what, <laughs> what is that about? You know, and stay mm. after for ham on buns and a public flogging. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which again is mostly <sighs> where my issues with Martin Luther come up with his like, self-flogging yeah. stuff and yeah whatever he could get a little extreme um, at times <laughs> he could now but i do say that to say like i have as a pastor stood up and given a sermon and said hey you know what um i've had to this was a very pivotal moment there was a very contentious moment between us and i declared a year of jubilee and i said we have a year to figure this out like this isn't going to happen tomorrow here's how I have wronged you. Here's how you have wronged me. Like, so that has, and we have a year to turn this around. Mm -hmm. And so that can be very freeing is all I'm trying to say in that. So, but it's the, it's the, it's the hierarchical imposition of repentance that I have issues with. (laughs) Yeah. And again, tying spiritual reward or mm -hmm. other privileges to behavior feels, yes, can feel and often is unhealthy and manipulative. And also the idea of we always have to be in that um, looking out for what we did wrong versus yeah. like, like this, this, this is a, 
our spiritual life supposed to be a joyful life? Like this is supposed yeah. to open us up, connect us to each other, um, have us embrace the goodness of life. This seems very, this seems like very Santa Claus-ish, right? Or elf on a shellfish. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, yeah you always you always be in watch, or you always need to be watching each other. You always need to be in this constant state of noticing when you have sinned and repenting. And I don't I don't believe that's what our life of faith should be about. Yeah. And I think it helps to remember that he's writing in the late middle ages, pre-enlightenment. I mean, it's kind of like feeling bad about yourself is kind of in the air. <laughs> right. Good time had by all. <laughs> you miserable yeah. sinners. Exactly. <laughs> you brood of vipers. <laughs> you brood Viper. of vipers. <laughs> wow. Good times. Well, as uh, we all know, in the United States, it is a presidential election year, and there's actually presidential primary voting in my state today in Michigan, and an ideology that is gaining, unfortunately, gaining prevalence is Christian nationalism, and this is based on the idea that the United States is a Christian nation, was founded as a Christian nation, and so should be today and in the future a Christian nation, and According to survey data, those who identify as Christian nationalists, whether they use that word or not, agree with statements like the federal government should declare the USA a Christian nation. Our laws in this country should be based on Christian values. And being a Christian is important if you want to be a, quote, real American. So have you have you encountered this at all, uh, this religious envelope? political philosophically like one-to-one i think we've all read about it we all know of it have you engaged it um uh, personally or where have you seen this come to light sort of locally i guess if at all and is this something people of faith i would should be supporting or opposing i would say opposing <laughs> right. without hesitation but why I mean, I, why should we oppose it, it? Like, shouldn't we just say, yay, Christian, I'm a Christian, Christian nation, hooray for the win. But so, I mean, it's so interesting because, right, like what Jesus was fighting against, I mean, what the, the living in an occupied land, like he was fighting against nationalism, you know, and the yeah. appeal of it. I mean, that. so it's like so much of our scripture really does deal with nationalism as an issue versus you know right and and i i don't know yeah critique of nationalism critique of empire critique of abuse of power right and i i fully i mean as you every time you read like questions like this i have to fully admit like what a and i don't even say this negatively but like what a bubble i live in um because i live in the bubble where i stay away from this um one-on-one because i have to like i just can't freaking deal with it i just i'm sorry i just can't um and i i have friends that that um do this well that they are able to have conversation and engage in conversation around this and and it is i i am in constant awe of them um because i just can't because you want to pull a paul and say shut your exactly because i am like your opinion has no merit here you do not know what you're talking about yeah you have no idea what's going on and and it's so and that's like I don't know that that's fair, but like, I just, well, and the, I live in, I live in a state that I don't really have to encounter it on a, on the political level, admittedly. But if you read the, the stuff coming out of Alabama right now on the oh, yeah. abortion bill, yeah. it is terrifying right. what is being said yes. on the floor. And I think part of the challenge for you and I for Ogan, for many of our listeners in engaging honestly with someone who holds these views is that we're so incredulous 
that they actually believe these things that it's hard not to lead with how can you be so stupid or right. are you really this dumb and that's not a way to have an honest engagement with any human per- like you have to have a level of holding space for their view no matter how vehemently you disagree with it to engage them constructively yeah now is it possible to engage them constructively that's certainly up for debate well um, it's interesting cuz in in conflict mediation they the first thing they teach you is that statistically, even if you are on polar opposites, there's a study of this out of Yale, I think, even if you are on polar opposites, if you can start with agreement, yeah, you can get somewhere. And that in all the conversations they've done across conflicting issues and things like that, the percentage is, is that there is a minimum of 10% of what two people are saying, even if they're saying the complete opposite thing, there is a minimum of 10% of agreement. You could still find and that so point. if you can find that point and start there, then this, like the whole thing opens up. Um, and I, I can do that formally in my work. I have a really hard do- time doing it informally when I'm Ooh. interacting with somebody like this, right? So, like it's a different part of my brain. Yeah. So, so, so um, they just did a survey of, and I'm using the Republicans as an example, but let's be clear, they're Democrats, really far left folks that have some issues too. Um, where what? Um, they, they, <laughs> spoiler alert! Spoiler! Where they asked? Where they asked at the recent? Uh, CPAC convention, and again, mostly diehard Republicans are going to go to that. Do you believe that you know Joe Biden legitimately won the last election? And two thirds of them said no. Okay, right. So, right. So, so the point is, you know, that's all well and good that ten percent, mm-hmm. but I think there's some people who are so far gone that the only thing that could possibly turn them around, cause them to repent is their own experience. So, right. Uh, right. you know, sure. D- daily show does this great thing, you know, Jordan Clapper, yeah. he goes out to these Trump rallies called, you know, call it finger in the pulse. It's hilarious, but he actually talked to uh, a diehard Trump supporter who actually said, I have given so much money, bought so much crap, to support this and like i am i'm in debt now and i've seen nothing different happening so i'm beginning to question if i should keep giving money mm-hmm. right so 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 there's a there's that sliver of opening of doubt because it's affected them personally there's a lot you know you can as much as we see people who are still coalescing around around trump there's still enough people who are like, we were on this bandwagon for a long time and we realized we were wrong about this. You know, yeah. granted, some of them were after the FBI arrested them for like breaking into Capitol, but still, whatever it takes to get you to that right. point of realizing that, you know, you might have been wrong about a thing. So I don't think it's ever our job to convince anyone Mm-mm. that they are wrong about a thing. Some people just have to experience it on their own and again I, I think we mentioned like in previous episodes we all as human beings kind of have the same core needs which is maybe right. that 10 percent comes in right we, right we we, we want a roof over our heads <laughs> we, we 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 want we want our next meal we want our children and family to be safe you know mm-hmm. how we do about how we get about these things or you know, you'll have a wide variety of opinions, which I think is a good thing, right? Because we can have the discourse, but where we get into trouble again is is when we feel like only one view is is right. And there's some things that I think well, are non-negotiable. There's some things that are non-negotiable when it comes to like a, oppression or discrimination of any class of people that like, I think that's a non-negotiable. And but- I- Go ahead, Brian. Well, I think people are coming from this place of, well, there is only one true religion. That's our religion, Christianity. And shouldn't we want our nation to reflect that? Shouldn't we want 
everyone to be a Christian because that means we're all in alignment. That means we're all on the path together. Like, what's tell me what's wrong well, with that, Ogan? So, and I, <laughs> there's a difference between if I've had an experience in spirituality or religion that has absolutely changed my life. Right. Wanted that for other people. There's a difference between that and then enforcing it on other people. And I think the enforcement is the issue, right? I like, you know, I've I've experienced immense life transformation through meditation. I think everybody should meditate in, but I'm not gonna construct laws to say you have to. <laughs> and I think that's that's the difference. You're not gonna put right us there. in cages and force us to meditate. If you don't, if you don't meditate, no, no, no. Unless, unless the cages are cushioned and have soft music playing through speakers, like then, then absolutely, absolutely. Then you meditate. But I think that's, that's the difference that we're not. And honestly, I think it comes down to a trust issue. We don't trust the people. Some of us don't trust the people are going to figure it out for themselves and, or uh, the way things work for us. doesn't mean it's going to work for everyone. Right. And and um and I think part of that again is there, you know, some some folks are just more convincible, more persuadable than others. Mm -hmm. There's not a not a whole lot of like critical thinking at play for some folks, especially the Christian nationalist folks. I'm gonna go and let them say not not a not a whole lot of critical thinking going on there. Um but there's a lot of what feels good. And a lot of this comes down to belonging. Like, mm. well, people and want to belong to something, feel connected to something, and being convinced that this is this is the way you belong. And that's what the people that I have seen engage this well can do, right? So it isn't just curious, like getting curious and asking, like. But it's and it's it's also an ability to like, as you said, Ogan, right? Like my trust goes out the window. I'm done. I can't trust you. You know, we're you know, and their ability to remain in that kind of in between space of I trust that you have a deep feeling about this. And I trust that you are coming from a place of, you know, of possibly even woundedness around this, right? Mm -hmm. And so what I'm witnessing is not agreement between the two, but it's compassion and empathy in a way that I have, I don't have the patience for kind mm -hmm. of thing. Yeah. Um. But because it's, right, because we're all, because I'm going, well, what does that mean to you? Which sounds very, you know, like. But you want them I mean, to say more so that then you, there's, there's more to engage with. Right. And right. you can like hear some just of says, the, this... is there fear behind this? Is there woundedness? Is there right. whatever? And again, that's the part that like, I've watched people have compassion for that. And I struggle with it. I just, I'll name that, you know, cause this is just one of those, my own, you know, my own stuff, my own fears, my own, whatever. Um, and their ability to sometimes put their, you know, yeah, they're talking about their family. They're talking about their, you know, like the person in front of them is saying gay people shouldn't. And the person they're talking to is married to a, a person in the same gender. Like I've just, I, and I'm like, I don't know how they're doing this right now. I really don't. And I'm in awe of it. I, I genuinely am. Well, I mean, but I also, if... to your point, sorry, mm -hmm. that I think they don't go into it with the intention of changing their mind. Right. I think they're going That's into right. it of this is just a conversation mm, and it is good. what it is. Good. Yeah. And, 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 and I think you were, you were accurate in saying like a lot, this is, this is rooted in fear, right? Yeah. The, 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 the world. And again, it's people keep saying like the world is changing so fast and people are afraid in seeing the world change and what is valuable to them or, or their values don't count anymore. And right. I always have to, and I always have to remind people, listen, they've, as long as human beings have existed, they've always been gay folk. They've always been folk who didn't identify with the sex at sign at their birth. 
like there there's always been these people who've been forced to live in the shadows and yep. now they're they're tired of doing that they want to be and experience the same freedoms you do so it's not that it's not that 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 you know you know as the as the some of the talking points will be all of a sudden people are being and kids are being indoctrinated and becoming this way they've, they've always been this way right. right so 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 how can we you know compassionately get the message across like yeah your neighbor two doors down being gear trans really is not going to change your life mm-hmm. one bit mm-hmm. you know and and i think the fear of the unknown the fear of the i don't i don't know where my values fit in this world is absolutely being exploited for political purpose um and and being you know exacerbated and again if we lived in a if we lived in a place where those who sought power were or at least some of the folks who sought power were truly doing it from a place of you know he looks at some scandinavian countries where it's like sure we can disagree on how we get to a certain point but at least that point is a mutual like here's what's best for everyone right right like that's that would be very ideal but i think the the quest for power here in the states is overriding that and i think that you know harken back to that you know martin luther's invitation to to repent like turn away from this quest for power turn away from this quest for being on top of the hill when it comes to hierarchy and then you might go like what's best for all and we can disagree on how we get to what's best for all but can we even agree on a definition of all (laughs) right to begin with and and i don't think and we're not we're not anywhere near that in the in the least bit and very few countries are and i always have to remind people like you know as bad as the states or or you know when we compare the u.s to other countries there are some countries that are doing a better job than us, and there are some countries who are doing a much worse job than us, right? There's still countries in the world where you literally are going to be put to death if they find out you're gay. So, it's so funny that, like, we can have this conversation about Christian nationalism, but if you look at communism, and they're like, that's wrong. There's everything wrong with it. And I'm like going, you, you know that there's, yeah. I mean, right? This is a dictating yeah, type. You- no, exactly. You want to take the example of, okay, so you want a theocracy and sort of uh, all, all everyone has to have the same view. Well, look at life in North Korea or life right. in Iran of a certain era or Saudi Arabia and look at the consequences of not being in line. Is that is that look like a healthy functioning society that you want to be a part of? Like that's what you're advocating for. Well, well, the 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 men would say yes. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and and this is where it's like, okay, now I'm bringing logic to an emotional fight, right? Like, um, and and that's part of where I've just kind of taken, this is just healthier for me not to engage because my emotion and your emotion are going to be in such conflict that, you know, um, but I mean, I, I, I have had these, not this conversation, but my dad and I have these like very, Yeah. yeah oppositional Mm -hmm. and i i do i mean it's like if there's anybody i'm gonna have compassion for in this and like it's hard it's really really hard um but anyway and this goes this this goes back to to the idea of christian supremacy that the christian way is not just the right way but the best way right and and it's and it's fascinating that like christianity has a history that speaks to the opposite of that (laughs) Right, uh, exactly. Right, like, like on on paper, Whoops. one can argue, sure, but in execution of it, not right. so much. And I, I mean, don't think there's. Go ahead. No, just how the Third Reich came to power was the message of unification. That yes. was actually the message. Um, exactly. It wasn't give us all the power because we're gonna do all these things. It was like, here's how we unify this country. We need to get it back together. You know that. I don't, I don't know. I I struggle 
obviously. But and I hold the belief that the answer is still in dialogue somehow. Like right. Well, yeah, that's the premise of of this podcast and the whole concept of pub theology. Right. I mean, I still hold firm to the value that if we're not having this discussion, we're doing it like. Brian, Brian, remember that time we invited my, well, he was my friend at the time, uh, the libertarian guy. Yes. (laughs) And we we sat here in, in, well, we mostly sat in just like disbelief of like some of the things he was saying. Brian's like, can we publish this? Was was like, you know, I believe at one point he said like, yeah, if if you want to have a tank, you should be able to have a tank. And we're like, no. No, not everybody should have a tank. Not everybody. Yeah, if you if you want if you want surface to air missiles, you should you know weapons of war. You you should have that freedom. Yeah, that we should. And I'm like, well, you know, the evidence of people having tanks, they shouldn't have tanks, is not going well. Because <laughs> I think at, at that at that time there was some dude who stole a tank and drove it into like a liquor store or something yeah, ridiculous, yeah. like right, right. Like, and I think no. and I think he drew he drew the line at nukes. So I'm like, oh, so there is a line. Oh, so there there's, is a line. There's and there's that, a line. There's there's the ten percent we can agree on that people <laughs> yeah, not exactly. have nukes. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm going to agree with you on I, that one. That feels like a really low bar. <laughs> wow. Amazing. Oh. Well, thank you, friends, for tuning in to Pub Theology Live. You can show your love for the show by becoming a supporter on Patreon. Get access to pre- and post-show banter and more. Visit patreon.com slash ptlive to get started. And a big thank you to our current patrons. Top cities tuning in this week are We're a Big Texas place this week yeah God love texas houston austin and dallas somebody was traveling very very long and very very far thank you texas you can watch the video of these conversations on facebook live and if you'd like to start a pup theology gathering in your town find support and resources at patreon uh, sorry at pubtheology.com. Until next time, friends, drink responsibly and keep those conversations flowing. I like I don't know. I mean, I am truly terrified and I don't know if I need to be truly terrified. You do what you have to do to survive kind of thing. And because I, you're one day at a time, not life plan. <laughs> <laughs>